ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد تريدن وي موف اون تو ذا لاست سيكشن which is regarding Laylatul Qadr. So Laylatul Qadr is one of the specifics that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has highlighted Ramadan with. One of the specific things that happens in Ramadan is Laylatul Qadr. What's the evidence that Laylatul Qadr is in Ramadan? Because there are lots of opinions in fact. One opinion even says that Laylatul Qadr could be any night of the year. There are some scholars, they say Laylatul Qadr doesn't have to be in Ramadan, it could be any night of the year. But the evidences do seem to show that most likely Laylatul Qadr it's in Ramadan. What's the proofs? You could say in the Qur'an, when Allah mentions شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن That the month of Ramadan is when the Qur'an was revealed. So we know the beginning of the revelation of the Qur'an began in the month of Ramadan. That is proven by this ayah in the Qur'an. That the Qur'an, its revelation began in the month of Ramadan. Then there's another ayah that says, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ That we revealed it, meaning the beginning of the revelation of it, on Laylatul Qadr. So now you got two ayahs. One ayah telling you the Qur'an was revealed in Ramadan. The other ayah telling you the Qur'an was revealed on Laylatul Qadr. Therefore it follows that Laylatul Qadr must be in Ramadan for the two ayahs to match up. One ayah saying the Qur'an, it began in Ramadan. The other ayah saying the Qur'an, it began on Laylatul Qadr. So, the Qur'an began on Laylatul Qadr, which must have been in Ramadan. Hence the two ayahs would then make sense. So that is one of the evidences the scholars use to say that the fasting or the uh, Laylatul Qadr, it occurs during the month of Ramadan. Also from the reasons why Laylatul Qadr is called Laylatul Qadr. Why is it actually called Laylatul Qadr? There are two main reasons. The main reason because it is mentioned on Laylatul Qadr, the decree of the year is written. Doesn't mean that it's a new decree, but it's the subsection from Al-Lawhul Mahfuz, from the preserved tablet of the overall decree. So that is then written uh, particularly on that night for that year, the decree of that year. And so it's known as Laylatul Qadr, the night of decree, for that reason. The other explanation as well, 
is that the other meaning of the word qadr in Arabic is rank and nobility and high level. So they say Laylatul Qadr is known as Laylatul Qadr because it is the night of nobility and honor and high level and high ranking and high position. That's the other meaning of the word Qadr in Arabic. So it is in English they might say the night of power or the night of decree. Both of those kind of meanings would reflect what is being said here. From the virtues of Laylatul Qadr as well, is that it's mentioned in the Qur'an that worship on that night is better than a thousand months of worship. Laylatul Qadr khayrun min alfi shahr. The Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. A thousand months is 83 years approximately. 83 years approximately is a thousand months. So that's basically a lifetime. The worship of that night is better than a lifetime of worship. For the one who is given success to worship Allah on Laylatul Qadr, then it's like that of somebody having worshipped a whole lifetime and more in fact. So that is a tremendous virtue mentioned regarding the virtue of Laylatul Qadr. Similarly, from the virtues of Laylatul Qadr, it mentions, تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ That the angels, they descend on that night. The angels, they descend to this earth on that night, on the night of Laylatul Qadr. And Ar-Ruh, which is Jibreel alayhi salam, and some scholars say it is referring to a particular type of angel. So the angels, they descend on Laylatul Qadr, and they help the servants upon worship. They help the servants of Allah upon obedience and worship on that night. So this is another tremendous virtue mentioned regarding Laylatul Qadr, that it is the night which the decree is written in for the year, and it is the night where a worship or the worship within it is more than a lifetime of worship over a thousand months, 83 years plus. And it is the night when the angels, they descend, they descend to help the servants of Allah upon worship and obedience. So these are all some of the great virtues of Laylatul Qadr. It's also mentioned in the surah, Salamun hiya hatta matala'il fajr. That one of the signs of Laylatul Qadr is that it is a sound night. There is no chaos going on that night. There is no calamities going on. It's a sound night. Laylatul Qadr. So these are some of the descriptions and the virtues mentioned about it. The question obviously is, when exactly is Laylatul Qadr? When exactly is Laylatul Qadr? What we can say is that Allah Jalla wa Ala akhfaha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has concealed Laylatul Qadr from us. We do not know exactly which night Laylatul Qadr is. It is hidden from us. Allah has kept that knowledge from us. 
And the point of that is, so that the Muslims, they will strive regularly for the whole month, for every night of Ramadan, just in case that night turns out to be Laylatul Qadr, the night where it will be greater than 83 years worth of worship. So the Muslim will strive for every night of Ramadan, just in case that night is Laylatul Qadr, because you don't know exactly which one it is. So it's been hidden from us, uh, so that a person will strive uh, upon a regular basis throughout Ramadan, every night in prayer, in Qur'an, in dua, in uh, all of those acts of worship, hoping that he may catch Laylatul Qadr. There are, however, indications as to what is most likely. So even though we don't know exactly which night it is, there are indications in the sunnah that seem to point to certain nights more than others. In the broadest opinion, in the broadest opinion, it can be said that Laylatul Qadr is when? In the broadest opinion. That's quite a narrow opinion. Let's narrow it down to 10 days. In the broadest opinion, with the biggest number of possibilities in it. 27th is exactly one day. The biggest possibilities. No, I mean the opinion that has the biggest leeway in it. An opinion where it's got the biggest number of days possible for Laylatul Qadr. Every odd night is still very specific. Every night. Every night in Ramadan is getting bigger now. Now that's up to 30 nights possibly. There's an opinion even bigger than that. The whole year. There is an opinion of the scholars like we said. It could be any night of the whole year. We know for definite Laylatul Qadr happens every year. That is definite. That is proven. So in the broadest sense... Laylatul Qadr could be any night of the year. Then when you narrow it down slightly, that's the, the widest opinion, the whole year. Narrow it down, then you come to the next big opinion, which is the whole of Ramadan. So now you're down to 30 nights approximately. Then you narrow it down to further opinions than that, you end up with the, the last 10 nights. Then you narrow it down further, you end up with an opinion saying, the odd nights of the last ten, so down to five nights now. Then you start getting really narrowed down, you end up with opinions of 27th, 29th, 23rd particular days. So if you think about it like that, the broadest opinion, it could be any night of the year. Could be. Then, as the evidences seem to indicate, really it's going to be one of the 30 nights of Ramadan. Then as the evidences indicate, most likely it's going to be one of the last 10 nights. Then evidences indicate, more likely than that, one of the odd last 10 nights, down to 5 nights then. And then even more than that, as you'll see now in some of these narrations, some of them say exactly 27th is the most likely. And some of them 23rd, some of them 21st, 29th, 25th. So here now we'll have a look at some of these narrations that are pinpointing or indicating where Laylatul Qadr could be. The first one, 
حديث عبد الله ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رجالا من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أروا ليلة القدر في المنام في السبع الأواخر فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرى رؤياكم قد تواطأت في السبع الأواخر فمن كان متحريا فمن كان متحريها فليتحرها في السبع الأواخر متفق عليه عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما says that a group of the companions not just one several companions came to the Prophet ﷺ and they told him that they've had a dream, all of them, several of them, they all had the same dream, that Laylatul Qadr is on the 27th. A few companions, this is an authentic narration, Bukhari Muslim, a few companions had a dream, not just one, few companions, all the same dream, that Laylatul Qadr is on the 27th. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I see... It looks like all of your dreams are in conformity. All of them saying the same thing. So in that case, whoever's going to strive to look for Laylatul Qadr, strive on the 27th. That narration seems to indicate, seems to be pointing towards the 27th. It is still not a narration that identifies the 27th as the night. Absolutely 100%. It doesn't. But it's a very strong indication of that night. That they had dreams indicating the 27th. The Prophet ﷺ said, strive on the 27th then. Doesn't mean he was saying to them, only the 27th. Strive on the 27th and that's it. He was saying, whoever's going to strive, make sure 27th is in your striving. So this is a narration, one of the evidences people may use. And it's an authentic evidence that 27th is a very strong likelihood. Still doesn't mean definite, but a strong likelihood that it's on the 27th. The hadith also shows you how the companions used to strive for these virtues. They used to strive to find these times of worship and reward. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ telling him about these dreams. And the Prophet ﷺ told them to strive looking for that night, and in particular the 27th in that case. So that is one evidence used by some of the scholars to highlight that there is a very big possibility that Laylatul Qadr is on the 27th. There is actually another narration that backs this up too for the 27th. Another companion, Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan. Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال في ليلة القدر ليلة سبع وعشرين معاوية ابن أبي سفيان رضي الله عنهما he says that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ليلة القدر is the twenty seventh that's what the hadith says here that the Prophet ﷺ said, Laylatul Qadr is the 27th. However, the scholars have looked into this narration very carefully and they've discovered that actually it's not a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say that. If that was the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, that's it, finished, 27th it is. 
It wasn't. It was actually the statement of the companion himself. That narration there is the companions himself. Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, radiyallahu anhumah, he's the one who said it's definitely 27th. So you can see there were some companions who definitely thought it was 27th. So again, that's something which backs up the opinion that 27th is a, a high likelihood. So you have that narration there. But still, it's not a definitive proof that 27 is the night. This narration, the previous narration, they are all indicators for that night and that you should strive on that night. But it's not a 100% proof watertight that it is that night only. That's why the scholars, they say, you strive in the whole of Ramadan every night. And those narrations we, we did before, من قام Ramadan and من صام Ramadan إيمانا واحتسابا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه Whoever fasts the whole of Ramadan and prays the whole of Ramadan, taraweeh every night, they are the people who have their past sins forgiven. Because then, inshallah, you've definitely caught Laylatul Qadr. You've prayed every single night. Then as Sheikh Al-Fawzan and other scholars say, you've definitely caught Laylatul Qadr. The opinion that it could be any time in the year is not a high level opinion. Some scholars do say that it could be any time of the year. It's possible. But more than likely with the evidences, it is in Ramadan. So if you pray every single night of Ramadan, then inshallah you have caught Laylatul Qadr. And you pray every day and you do your Quran and your dua and all your worship every day of Ramadan, every night, then inshallah you've caught Laylatul Qadr. The last 10 nights are the most likelihood, like we said. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, when he used to do i'tikaf in the middle 10, he then moved it across to the last 10, because that is where the possibility of Laylatul Qadr is at the highest. Also, he mentioned, or it's mentioned in that narration, كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عِسَلَّمُ إِذَا دَخَلَ الْعَشْرَ الْأَوَاخِرِ كَانَ شَدَّ مِئْزَرَهُ وَأَحْيَى لَيْلَهُ وَأَيْقَضَ أَهْلَهُ That when the last ten nights used to come in, the Prophet ﷺ used to tighten his waistband. Meaning that he wouldn't use the nights for intimacy with the wives or anything. All of those last ten nights purely upon worship. In i'tikaf, in the masjid, upon worship, nothing else. And أَيْقَضَ ahla, He would wake up his family to do the worship. وَأَحْيَا Layla, He would pray the whole night. So striving in the last ten is even greater than the striving of the first twenty. So Laylatul Qadr could be any night of Ramadan. More than likely it's in the last 10 nights. More than likely it's one of the odd nights of the last 10 nights. And more than likely then you could possibly say 27th and other figures the scholars have mentioned. One point to mention as well. Is Laylatul Qadr the same night every year? So let's say it was the 25th this year. Does that mean every year it's the 25th? Or could it be 25th this year and next year it may be 27th, the year after that 21st? Does it change around year to year? Scholars say yes. It is not a fixed night of the year. It could change around. It could be the 21st, next year could be the 25th, could be 27th, could be 23rd, 29th. Different nights are possible. It could change from year to year. Doesn't mean it is one same fixed night every year. So that is a point to take note of. To encourage you to strive in all of the nights every year. 
Another point to take note of, it is most likely to be in the odd nights. But what are the odd nights? 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th. But when are they? Today is what day of fasting? 19th? 18th fast today, huh? So tonight is the 19th night. After Maghrib today, 19th night. Tomorrow will be the 20th night. Tomorrow is a Monday, huh? So Tuesday night will be the 21st. And that will be the 20th fast. Tuesday is the 20th fast, 21st night. Add up all these figures. Wednesday will be the 21st fast and the 20th. Second night, straight after the day, the night starts already. So after Maghrib on Wednesday, it's the 22nd night then. Wednesday will be the 23rd fast, and therefore 24th night. 24th night, you got the figures right now? So Thursday will be 25th day. No, you mixed it up. You have to follow carefully. Tuesday was the 20th day. So Tuesday night is the 21st night. Let's just stick with the nights. Tuesday is the 21st night. Wednesday is 22nd night. Thursday is 23rd night. Friday is 24th night. Saturday is 25th night. Sunday is 26th night. Monday, 27th night. Tuesday, 28th night. Wednesday, 29th night. Thursday, 30th night, because then it could be on the Friday. It could then also be on Saturday. If Eid is on the Friday, if Eid is on the Friday, does it have an... Or if Eid is on the Friday... There's a certain number of nights leading up to that. If Eid is on the Saturday, all of a sudden what happens? If Eid is on the Saturday, the odd numbers become even. The odd numbers become even, the even numbers become odd. You can work out your maths on a piece of paper when you get home. Depending on the days of Ramadan, if Ramadan finishes after 29 days, if it finishes after 29 days, that means the 30th night of Ramadan never never comes because that's now the night of Eid but if Ramadan finishes on 30th day that means you had the 30th night as well but if Ramadan finishes on 29 days it finishes on 29 days the day before would have been the 29th night 29th day Ramadan finished you never got a 30th night. So that means, did you only get 9 nights out of the last 10 nights of Ramadan? If Ramadan finishes on the 29th day, next day Eid, you only got 9 nights, that means. But that can't be. There has to be 10 nights. So what are you going to have to do? You now work backwards, and all of the odd numbers will become even numbers. Because now you're going to start the last 10 nights a night earlier than our figures we've just been doing. The point of it, you can work your maths out afterwards carefully. But the point is, how we just worked out what the odd nights are could end up being the even nights those days. And the other days might end up being the odd nights. 
Because the scholars say you work out the figures from the end. Some of the scholars mention this. You work out the figures from the end, not from the beginning. When the Ramadan finishes, if it finishes on 30 days, then from there the 10 nights are worked out backwards. If it finishes on 29 days, from there the 10 nights are worked out backwards. So depending on whether it finishes on 29 or 30, odd and even will swap around. If it finishes on 29, certain days will be the odd ones leading up to it. But if it finishes on the 30th, those days will become the even days, the other days will become the odd days. You have to get a piece of paper afterwards. You have to work it out properly. There is an article, I think Abu Hakim did an article. If you go to his website, there's an article on this topic. Very interesting to read and to uh, work out your figures of what that means. If Ramadan finishes on 29th, you're going to have a certain number of odd days leading up to it. If it finishes on 30, you'll see how it turns over. And the odd ones become the even ones now because you got an extra night to fit in. So the point of all of that is, you can't just say, well, today is, what would you say, 18th? So tonight is the 19th night. Tomorrow is the 20th night. And then the day after will be the 21st night. Not necessarily. It may not work out like that depending on how many days we actually end up with in Ramadan. So your figures, you're working them out from the beginning of Ramadan where we are now. You actually need to work out the last 10 nights from where Ramadan ends, depending on whether it's 29 or 30. The point of all of that is, you wouldn't even therefore know what the odd nights of the last 10 are. Because the only way you'd know for definite then is by eventually knowing how long Ramadan lasts and when it finishes. That you can't know until the last day. So that means... You're going to have to strive in equal proportions on all of the last 10 nights. Because any one of them could end up being the odd nights and the even nights. So uh, the point is the last 10, in all circumstances, you strive harder than the others. Then we have this next narration. Aisha radiallahu anha says, قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ عَلِمْتُ أَيَّ لَيْلَةٍ لَيْلَةَ الْقَدْرِ مَا أَقُولُ فِيهَا قال قولي اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفا فاعف عني. She said, O oh Messenger of Allah, if I knew what night Laylatul Qadr is, then what, what dua shall I make that night? The Prophet said, Make the dua, Allahumma innaka عفو تحب العفو فاعف عني. That, O oh Allah, you are the one who pardons, you love to pardon, so pardon me. That is the dua the Prophet taught Aisha radiallahu anha to focus on. In the nights of Ramadan, in the last 10 nights, in the Laylatul Qadr, when you catch it, inshaAllah, that you ask Allah, you are the one who forgives and pardons, you love to forgive and pardon, so forgive me and pardon me. Asking Allah for pardon, asking Allah for forgiveness, that is the dua that a person focuses on, along with all of the other supplications, Quran, worship, prayer, etc. Then the last narration here, An Abi Sa'idin al-Khudri, رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تشد الرحال إلا إلى ثلاثة مساجد that you don't pack your bags and travel out with the intent of going to a mosque except to three places three masajid you can specifically pack your bags and go out journeying to get to them Masjid al-Haram, obviously, 
Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca, Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi, the Prophet's Mosque in Medina, and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Palestine. Those three you can journey out to particularly. But you don't journey out to other mosques. You don't make a specific journey to head out to a particular other mosque. The point of the narration here is to do with i'tikaf. Because there is a narration that says, لا اعتكاف إلا في المساجد الثلاث. There is no i'tikaf except in those three mosques. The worship of i'tikaf can only be done in Mecca, Medina or Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Those three, Al-Haram in Mecca, Al-Haram in Medina, Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi, and Al-Masjid Al-Haram, and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, those three are the only ones you can do i'tikaf in. That's an opinion of some scholars. Because there's a hadith that says, there is no i'tikaf except in those three mosques. But the majority of the scholars say no, it can be done in any mosque. Why? They say that narration doesn't mean that you can't do i'tikaf anywhere else. It just means that the best and most virtuous i'tikaf is in those three mosques. If you can do it in Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca, or Al-Masjid Al-Nabawi in Medina, uh, or in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, if you can do it in one of those three, that's the most virtuous and most rewardful i'tikaf. But you can do it in other mosques. And there are other examples of narrations like that. There is a hadith, لا رُقِيَةَ إِلَّا مِنْ عَيْنٍ أَوْ حُمَى that you can't do ruqya except for evil eye or for poisonous sting. Somebody's got the evil eye on them, you can do ruqya on them. Somebody's been bitten by something poisonous, some, something stung them or bit them, poisonous animal, you can do ruqya on them. Hadith says no ruqya except for those two things. So you can't do ruqya on people for anything else. But the narration has the same meaning. That the most effective ruqya is when you do it to somebody who's got evil eye or a poisonous sting. Those two, in particular, if you do ruqya upon a person with evil eye or they've been stung or bitten by something poisonous, the ruqya will have the greater impact upon those types of people. Other issues, you can do ruqya upon people too, and it's good and virtuous too. But the most impact of ruqya is on those two. So that narration doesn't mean you can only do ruqya in those two circumstances, just means the best ruqya is in those two circumstances. Same as this narration where he says that you can't do i'tikaf except in those three mosques. It means that the best i'tikaf is in those three, but you can still do it in other mosques as well. So that is the chapter regarding the fasting. That concludes the points regarding i'tikaf and the points regarding uh, the uh, Laylatul Qadr, the last ten nights. Any questions? Relating to any of that then. That's where we're going to round off. That's going to be the uh, end of the Ramadan classes. That's basically the chapter of Ramadan, of fasting. Uh, classes, classes will not be on next week. They will now be after Eid, inshallah, where we'll go back to a tahawiyah again from after Eid. So any questions on this then? Anything to do with Ramadan, fasting, any issues on that? Okay, do you know um, the hadith about delaying the suhoor? Ah. Just say, for example, uh, my timetable says 3 o'clock. Mm. So is it okay for me to delay it by 5-10 minutes? Uh, no, if your timetable is accurately 
represented. They have a guideline time for when Fajr enters. Unless you've got some reason to believe that this guideline time is too early, unless you've got some reason to believe that, then you basically work around that guideline. Basically. Because unless a person has some reason to believe that there is a mistake on the guideline, that there is certainly more time yet, there's nothing to be seen of the Fajr entering yet, you could go beyond. But in the absence of that, we have no other tangible means. And that's why some of the people of knowledge, they do say, if you have no other tangible means, even though we're not saying that timetable is the timetable, it is it. But because you don't have any means to, any reliable way of saying or showing that, yes, Fajr hasn't entered yet, I've got more time than the guideline. If you haven't got any real means to show that, then you've got to basically just stick to roughly that guideline. There's a, a, a thing about the timetables are not the, the, the final statement on things. They are a guideline. But the point that some of the people the knowledge make is, if you don't have any ability otherwise to, to see when Fajr is entering or anything like that, then you have no choice but to basically stick with those guidelines. You have no other means to do anything else. The purpose of saying it's a guideline is that if you actually notice physically that this guideline isn't quite right yet, there's time yet, or there isn't time yet, then okay, you follow exactly what you see. That's a guideline. But in the absence of you being able to tell anything else, then in that case, you do generally just stick to the guideline. Because you have no way of telling anything else. So if you say, well, I can go 10 minutes more, upon what basis? You don't know anything. You're just following the guideline. Guideline is telling you, Fajr starts roughly then. You haven't been able to see or check anything. So as far as you know, that's roughly it then, the guideline. You have no reason to go beyond then. So that's, that's, that's what it is. There are guidelines. If you have the ability to see yourself otherwise, then okay, fair enough. You can move around with those guidelines. If you don't have any ability, then basically uh, the guideline is where you are going to move on, roughly. These doors in uh, the most of the mosque they have ended in the gap of the rabbis. Is it I don't know. Personally, I don't know about the authenticity of du'as in between the prayers and reading certain things. Allah Those ones that they quote, check uh, where they are quoting them from, which, which hadith are they quoting them from. Is it Bukhari, is it Muslim, something like that? Then fair enough. But I, I don't know. I don't know of uh, authentic narrations of du'as in between. Allah Alam. The same like the opening the fast and the, the time of suhoor. There are certain du'as. There are, there are some established ones there. There are some established ones for opening the fast. For example, ذَهَبَ الظَّمَأُ وَابْتَلَّتِ الْعُرُقُ وَثَبَتَ الْأَجْرُ إِنْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ That one is established. There's another one people read. I don't know this one. Which one is this one? I don't know. I don't know that one at all. Never heard of that one. Another one. This one is a common one. But this one, the scholars say it's a bit weak. The other one is, is better. The other one is better. That one is better. This one they say there's weakness in the narration. So better stick to that one. Anything else? Is there any food 
There is a narration, yeah. There is a narration about those things that uh, the knowledge was, I mean, that's from the wisdom of Allah, that the knowledge became concealed so that Muslims have to strive now. There is a narration like that, you're right. Uh, mm. That's after sunrise. Time wise, it doesn't matter. For that one, you don't need any guidelines. You look out the window, you see the sunrise. As soon as the light and everything, you see it, that's clear. But uh, the guidelines, they'll tell you anyway, the sharaq or shuruq, they'll call you on the guidelines. But that, that's clear. Sunrise isn't something hidden. Your guidelines are, are not a problem with the sunrise. As soon as you, you see all the light and everything coming outside, that sunrise is known. There's a narration about the one who stays in his place and then prays that, then you get the reward of X, Y, and Z, Umrah, etc. So it's good to stay in that place, stay where you are instead of just for the sake of leaning on the wall, you're going to move places and things. Hmm. Anything else? So we'll conclude there. Next week off then, after Eid, inshallah, we'll begin. We'll have to see when because Eid could be Friday or Saturday. If it's Saturday, I don't think anybody's going to turn up. Huh? So we'll have to see uh, what to do depending on what the Eid is. But we'll announce it on the channels and everything, inshallah. All right, we'll conclude there then.